Welcome, everybody, to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 102. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I'm pretty sure I've got a couple of beans on the line with me tonight. Uh, I may get another rude surprise, but uh, I think I've got Chewy there. Are yeah, there, Chewy? I, I'm, I'm here this ooh, time. Ooh, there we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I uh, apologize for missing last week, but I'm sure you guys aren't too sad listeners out there to hear from the bean spouses. Yeah, so, yeah. That was good fun there. Uh, and I think Stu's there. I don't think he's asleep on the couch tonight. Are you there, Stu? I am here. I'm almost asleep in my secret lab chair, but I'm, <laughs> if we can get this thing going now, that'd be fantastic. I'm pretty sure yes, asleep yes. on the couch is Stu's default position, right? Oh, it is, 100%. Yeah. If yeah. I'm not asleep on the couch, people will, people are worried. Yeah. <laughs> when in reality, they should probably be worried that I sleep so much on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure a sleep on the couch is not that much different to uh, what we're getting right now, is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll cop that. That's okay. <laughs> No, uh, big shout out to our uh, the wives that jump in and stole the show last week. I think uh, think the episode was definitely a success, and they may make a return appearance at some point. Maybe uh, maybe around the two hundred episodes uh, mark. Who, who knows? But uh, yeah, massive shout out to the Bean Spouses. Although uh, I, did, I did hear this week that they wanted to be called the Bean Bags, but <laughs> I'm not sh- too sure on that. Uh, hey, on that that's name. what they want. That's what they get. Yeah, I'd, mm, they are now mm, the bean bags. Let's get that trend in. Hashtag bean bags. Okay, yeah, bean spouses are, are, are good. I think. I yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Particularly Amelia will probably murder us if we uh, try to coin that phrase. So. <laughs> Not that she listens. Uh, very good. So maybe we can. Anyway, no, she doesn't. Lots- she's, got, she's got no idea. Yeah, we can, we can say whatever we want. Yeah, and Cracker's not here tonight, so open slather. But no, we won't do that. No, 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 Cracker. Even though we do have. Some uh, some mechanics and things to talk about tonight. So mechanics think, and nutcracker. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. A uh, he was fully intending on being here tonight, as as he knew. You know, he had the you know the the spidey senses going of oh, there's some new mechanics. I need to get on the podcast and talk about them. But uh, sadly, the NBN decided to die in his area, and he's got no internet. So makes it a little bit hard. Uh, we have tried recording via, you know, phone, 4G, all that sort of stuff before, and, and it works okay, but, yeah, we thought, oh, well, let's, let's just have a night off. I think uh, I think Cracker's in the midst of packing house at the moment, sort of getting ready to move, so I'm sure he's got more important things to be doing than sitting on it at front of his computer and talking about magic to us beans. But shout Those out to you, Cracker. We hope, uh, hope you enjoy it. Yeah, moving <laughs> sounds less fun, but... Now he can tomorrow. He can pack. No, no, he can't do that tomorrow. No, on the he weekend, can't yeah. On the weekend, he can pack whilst listening to the cast. So that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Or well, watching the uh, watching the stream as we'll get into uh, pretty shortly. But before we do get into that, Chewy, do you want to tell us about our awesome sponsors? Absolutely. Uh, so the Magic Beans podcast and Magic Beans tournament series, which we'll talk a little bit about later in this episode, are brought to you by the fine folk at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are a Facebook auction site with auctions every single night of the week. The weekend auctions have got all the high-end stuff, so that's pretty fun. And uh, you can get uh, get bidding on that. Go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au. They have giveaways running. They've got a great little community over there. Uh, you can get tokens 
for uh, for for winning, and they have a token competition, which I believe closes very shortly. So if you haven't got your entry into that, please jump on and get that in. And while you're over there, place some bids, and when you win, tell them that the beans sent you. Very good. So uh, yeah, speaking of Josh and Pat and the uh, things that they support, we have. It's not quite the culmination of our tournament series, but we're, we're really not far off of it. We have the finals for our Innistrad Midnight Hunt League that uh, kicked off. I don't even know when that kicked off. What, two months ago now? I think I think it would be. I think they normally run for about two months. Basically, as, so, uh, as soon as the set released, we, we started this league. So we've whittled our, uh, our players all the way down. They've played through their four groups and then uh, cut to a top 16 where they've been playing through double elimination bracket and uh yeah we're down down to eight players so this weekend we've got uh our our finals so let's have a bit of a look at the decks that we've got for the players that are going to be playing this weekend we we've got a few familiar faces or only a couple of familiar faces really for our final streams but uh a bunch of New new players, well, new players to our leagues, but also new players to our league finals. Despite some some really good performances throughout the uh, throughout the tournament series this year, so yeah, let's have a bit of a look. Chewy, I think you put together a uh, a meta breakdown. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's a meta breakdown of eight decks. But do you want to run us through what we got there? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like you said, we went from I think we had fifty two players down to the final eight, and uh, we have deck submissions. So we've got two copies of uh, Is It Epiphany? Uh, one with the the dragon slant, and the other with the you know the more control combo top end. Uh, we've got a couple of spicy decks in Jund Dragons, which uh, I think is really cool. I'm, I'm keen to see that one in action. And then uh, a Grixis Spells deck with Leah. And then the rest of the four are different versions of of green-based beatdown decks. So what is great is even though there's four green decks, two Epiphany decks, uh, the every single deck in our top eight is unique. Uh, so... That's amazing, and you know the the competitors haven't colluded on this at all. This is just people. <laughs> Somehow we get this like pretty much every single time for our finals. Yeah, Some, it's great. Like, we end up with six to six to eight unique lists. It's yeah, it's crazy, and it makes makes coverage uh, interesting and and makes our job a lot easier as well. So the green decks we've got one mono green, a green white mid range, a teamer uh, beatdown, and a simic beatdown, but all playing. You know the the usual green cards that we've come to expect with you know a Seeker's Chariot, a Catmobile, um, Cadillac, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of that running around. It's the most represented card, uh, but it's being used in you know a few different ways. Uh, sometimes as a beatdown card, sometimes as a synergy card. So it's uh, yeah a really diverse top eight, which is really exciting, and I'm really looking forward to covering this one. So yeah, it's it's good. Um, is this what you expected to see, Stu? This sort of breakdown, like Epiphany Green, and then a couple of other. Yeah, always. I, I think um, I was always expecting to see a lot of uh, dragons, extra turns, Renan sevens, and chariots. It just they're, they're hard to beat. I am surprised to not see any mono white. Maybe that's just a best of one thing, but I'm certain it's pretty good in best of three as well. Yeah, I, I think, I think it's I, doing quite well at the moment. Yeah, so I'm actually shocked to not see that. But I, I guess. 
where you'd have somebody running that instead we're seeing the like you said the spicier brews of the Jun dragons and the and the grixis yeah it's funny for some reason and i don't know why i don't know what the reason for this actually is but like mono white seems to be like not popular from a like it's popular from it's getting played a lot and and it's doing really well but people don't seem to like it uh and you know it's it's like you know, we've made comments on this cast, you know, like, oh, mono white. It, and people are like, no, don't like it, but it's actually really good. Yeah. So it's, I don't know what it is about that deck that has sort of had it branded as the bad guy, but it, it is, uh, that seems to be the, you know, that and, and Epiphany. They're, they're like the boogeymen of the format, but, you know, Catmobile is just as bad, <laughs> you know, by the numbers. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep. So yeah, what do you think, Shorty? Is this is yeah. this something you I, would- I was expecting more epiphany than than we've got here. Oh yeah, I was I was expecting a, a much more epiphany mono green meta. Yeah, so to get the to get all the variations is is pretty cool. So let's um let's have a bit of a look at the list. I guess we sort of start. Let's start with mono green, and then we can start adding adding some colors from there. So so that's Harlequin Rogue. Yep, so, I mean, while we're looking up that list, let's just have a quick rundown of who's in our top eight. So we've got Aragoth, who is a stalwart, uh, crushes yeah. all of the uh, uh, historic events and is uh, no stranger to the finals. Uh, we've got uh, Linden. This is a local Melbourne player. This is their first league and straight through the top eight, which is amazing. K-pop fanboy has finished top of their group in every single league that they've played in this year. Absolutely which I crushed think was, it. Was that four leagues they've four participated in? Four leagues in a row, which is all yeah. Of them. Uh, but hasn't Amazing. actually broken through to finals until now. So that's, um, you know, breaking through, which is great. Wow. Uh, the, the Sweet Man's been around for a little while, and this is their first top eight. Uh, Mason Edis has been uh, part of the Beans community for a really, really long time and has made finals, final 16 a few times, but not top eight. Uh, up at six again, first uh, first final uh, one of our international competitors, Harlequin Rogue first uh, first Beans League into the top eight, and um, and Karakin, uh also first league. So uh, all of the uh, this is just you know there's players here that have been around a little while and accumulated points for the Envy, and then there's the opportunity for someone to just come in in their first league and spike a seat at that envy table. So Which is um, awesome. That's, that's, that's what I pretty love cool. about it. Yeah, that's that wild card sort of feeling, isn't it? Uh, wild cards, but you actually have a wild card, not like on Arena. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's have a look at Harlequin stick. Uh, Stu, do you want to take us through this list? I do. I just lost it, so I'll just get it back. So it's a... it's a He's a plumber, fairly... ladies and gentlemen, so using computers is difficult hey, for him. Hey, settle down. I was born in... Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> it's a, so it's a fairly... On the surface, it looks like a fairly standard mono green deck that we're seeing around a lot on ladder. Uh, we're running the Sculptors of Winters to untap Snowlands, which is always nice. Um, yeah. Oh, what, we, what else have we got that's different? We've got a couple of Ren and Sevens in there, one in the board. The Inscriptions and Snakeskin Veil split seems, seems good. So there's seven fight spells. Seven fight spells is nice. That inscription of abundance, inscription of abundance. That's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's a really I, versatile card. That one. I love that card. Yeah, and it feels like it needed all those uh, super high powered sets that recently rotated to rotate for it to really shine because that has saved me so many times. 
Yeah, it's 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 really really good. Uh, Sean, have you played with or against this deck? I uh, played against it a few times. I haven't played it myself. Yeah, it, it's just solid. Like it's it's got a lot of the benefits of the Gruel decks in that it can have those really expos- explosive starts and just smash your face in really quickly. But doesn't have the downside of being uh, two colors. You know, your, your mana is always good, and you can run your run your four faceless havens, no worries, and um, yeah, just smash people's faces in. Uh, it I've just found- has incredible longevity. And yeah. that's that. That was going to be the point that I, I was going to make here. So, oh, sorry. Pers- no, 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 no. Good segue. Good segue. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, was, I was literally about to make the same point as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, great, I, great I, lines. I can feel it coming. <laughs> yeah. Like werewolf pack leader and uh, ranger class just draws a lot of cards. You've got threats in your lands with faceless haven and lair of the hydra. Uh, there's planeswalkers. Old growth troll can come back. Like, there's so many things in this deck that just. You know, the traditional linear aggro deck's weakness is running out of gas, and this deck just doesn't have that problem, and that's why it's good. That's why it's been around for so long. Mono Green is the only deck I'm playing at the moment because I don't have any wild cards. I played it through the entirety of our last league and played on ladder, and I don't think... I Whilst I've probably got a 50-50 split in win-loss, there has not been a game I didn't feel like I could win. Yeah. Or at least nothing that springs to mind. It's just in it always. Yeah, yeah, and maybe it is that classic, you know, that Jund-style 50-50 deck uh, in the format where, you know, if you play well and, you know, draw well, then, you know, you'll you'll get the results. So I like I like the um, the extra mana ramp in this version. It gets that velocity with Sculptor and the Florahedrons to just get up to you. How many blowouts do you think we're going to get with that one main deck, Snakeskin Veil? I reckon this might be a tactical thing, open deck lists, just adding in one and just keeping that one green up, you know, <laughs> yep. is yeah. a, uh, well, a, a bit you of mind game. So, I mean, cool. like a, Arena does betray you a little bit sometimes. Yeah. It does. Like, it, yeah, it does. You, you need to, you know, if you if you watch sort of the, the high-level players playing, yeah, like I know when they run or when they were doing like the Mythic Invitationals and things like that, they told the players that they weren't allowed to run full control mode, but to get around that, you could set stops. Yeah. But the problem with it, which is a thing that uh, Magic Online does that's better than Arena, is on a line on, on Magic Online, you can set permanent stops. You can go, I always want to stop here, 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 and here in, in my turn. On Arena, you have to keep clicking it every turn and watching the those high-level players playing. It's like every single turn, it's like pass a turn, click, stop, click, stop, click, stop, and then it's like keep, keep going just to set it because they know, okay, if I've got a spell that I would normally be able to cast here, Arena will stop at this point, this point, this point, and it just forces your opponent to go, I have no idea whether they've got it or not. Exactly, yeah. That's way too much effort for, for me and, and probably for our Beans League level events, but uh, yeah, it, you do get that signalling on, on Arena, so you might not yeah. be catching anyone out when you've got nothing. Uh, anything else on this on the green deck? Uh, we've we seen, move on? seen it for ages. It's Yeah, it's pretty solid, so let's move on to an, well, Let's add another colour to that. So let's go. We've got a couple of the like spicy ones. We've got green-white, uh, which is more like the landfall deck. Yeah, it's a lot more mid-range, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we've got Loyal Warhounds, Prosperous Innkeepers, Tangle Florahedrons, Elite Spellbinders, Mammoths. Seen all those before. We've got Ren and Sevens, Seeker's Chariots. One of Scoot Swarm in the main deck and uh, mm. three Storm the Festivals. But the, for the white, we're running... Got Yashan, four Yashans in the main deck. So it helps, helps with that ramp and the uh, for the landfall. 
Uh, four Felidar Retreats, which has turned out to be quite a solid card. Four Amiria's Call, and then a couple of the white uh, creature lands as well, and then, and then a bunch of white cards in the sideboard. So Yeah, Elite Spellbinder in there as well. I'm not sure if you mentioned that for a bit of uh, disruption yeah, yep. and a flying threat. Yep. So. Yeah, what do you think completely about this deck? different, completely different deck to the one we just looked at. I mean, it, like it's got it's got a bunch of the same cards, but but it's, it's doing not, it differently. It's it's doing a very very different style. Yeah, I, I think this deck is really good against the deck that we just looked at. Right? It's it's it a could big, well be. Yeah. It's got no bigger, no problem putting mid- out blockers. No, that's right. So it's a bigger mid range deck, which is where you want to be with the you know if you're expecting a lot of creature battles, so you just want to be bigger. And I think it's really well positioned for that, uh, you know, just things like the tricks you can do with Felidar Retreat and Field of Ruin and, you know, having, you know, Amirius Call to use all of your mana at the, at the top end to complement your, um, your mana ramp with Warhounds, Florahedrons, Innkeepers, Yashans, and then like Yashan tr- Cruise car- Chariot really well. Obviously, Ren and Seven, that's energy, but, as good as it is against the creature decks, I'm worried about how this could ever beat an Epiphany deck. And I might be wrong, I've never <laughs> played this deck, but it seems really, really tuned to beat one end of the metagame, but maybe leaving itself a bit exposed for the yeah, other. Yeah, well, that's what... I was just looking through it as well. I'm not sure how it would actually, yeah, go against it. What, what sort of options do we have here to just go toe-to-toe with the epiphany deck like yeah it's probably not fast enough to get under the epiphany decks no it's not no it, you're it can relying grind on grind for a long time longer. but yeah you're you're also missing the like the rangers class and the the werewolf pack leader to be drawing more cards like your i mean your lands are effectively spells once you've got your you know your felidar retreats going that sort of thing and, and your scoot swarm can definitely get out of hand uh but yeah, I, I, I don't like its chances against the Epiphany decks, but I do like its chances against the other the other green decks. So yeah, yeah, and talking to um, talking to Karakin, you know, getting things ready for the stream. Uh, this is the deck they played through the majority of the league, so they've had success with it, and you know they they know how to pilot, and they they probably have you know plans for matchups and such. But it does feel like it's a little bit at the mercy of the top of its deck. You know, you have to try to draw the right pieces against the right matchup at the right time. And if that all comes together, then, you know, Happy you can't bounce. lose. Uh, but, you know, if you stumble on that, then you, you start to, you know, have to sweat a little more. So I guess we'll see how it breaks. I'm not sure who um, Karakin's first matchup is. Um, yeah, we'd have but, to that up. Yeah, but... All right, on to the next deck. So, yeah, continuing in the sort of green base. So we've got the green-blue, so the Simic which looks a lot closer to the first mono green list we looked at. We've got Werewolf Pack Leaders and Mammoths, Blizzard Brawls, Ranger Class Chariots, Ren and Seven, that sort of thing, a couple of Snakeskin Veils, a couple of Lotus Cobras and Outland Liberator, uh, which Liberator is the, the yeah, creature that you can sack to destroy an artifact or enchantment. And then the blue, we're splashing in the, in the main. We've got blue for Decisive Denial, three of those, and one Fading Hope. And then uh, sideboard, we get a couple of Negates and a couple of Tester Talents. So it, the, to me, this seems like basically just a mono green deck, and it's, it's kind of like what the Gruul deck was doing where it's just splashing blue for a couple of counter spells to help fight the, the Epiphany matchup. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, so- that's what you guys are seeing. Yeah, definitely tuned to to fight against 
the Aaron's Epiphany decks for sure. With negates and test of talent sitting in the sideboard. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then um, you know, for uh, the uh, the the creature matchup, there's also you know some some good cards there in you know snakes and veils and in inscriptions to shore that up. But seems set up game one uh, with the decisive denials, hedging a little bit with the fading hope. But um, you know, seems like it's set up to try to battle that epiphany uh, matchup. Just counter that one spell, get you that extra attack step in, and uh, and get the job done. So. I, I like it. I, I think this deck's pretty sweet. Um, the mana base is interesting in that they've gone with the snow package with the comes into play tap land and faceless haven over the uh, like pathways. Layer of the Hydra. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they're, they're still playing, uh, you know, they're playing eight jewels. And perhaps when the, um, you know, the next set comes out and we get the other cycle. They, they might consider, you know, moving away from the snow package in this. But, you know, Faceless Haven such a powerful card. Uh, you know, it is worth playing in that sense. So, yeah, I, I think this deck is really well set up to beat the, the the Epiphany decks, just like the previous deck was set up to beat the, the green decks. This one is using a lot of the same cards but targeting the other end of the, uh, of the metagame with a couple of hedges in the Liberators and Fading Hopes to, you know, take out, you know, opposing chariots or, you know, bounce, um, you know, opposing pack leaders or whatever. So, yeah, it's, um, I like this deck a lot, actually. I think it's pretty cool. And, uh, this is a, this is a deck that I could see myself playing on ladder and, um, and, you know, grinding out some W's, I think. Yep. Speaking but, of playing on ladder, I'm pretty sure you've been playing the teamer list, Chewy, like this, uh, it's the, the green-red treasures list, but spl- splashing blue for uh, a couple of negates in the main. Is, is this, this is what this uh, is the JED exact played same, at the... Yeah, uh, yeah this is Jared yeah, deck from Worlds. Yeah, absolutely. And this yep. is the exact same 75 that I've made Mythic with for the first time ever yeah. uh, last nice. week. So Humble brags. Um, look, I didn't <laughs> open the show with it. You know, I refrained <laughs> from that. But, uh, but I, you know, I played a lot of this deck to like a... 65% win rate on ladder and you know this deck is good uh and it's it's really good against the the meta game it's good against the 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 mono green decks it's good against the the epiphany decks and i've got like a 51% matchup against mono white that's the only one that i i don't go in sort of confidently and yeah deck's good and aragoth very good player so um i i can see them you know, progressing fairly well in this in this tournament with this list. So, yeah, I'm um, I'm excited to see this because you know, yeah, got a bit of an attachment to this one. So, uh, have yeah. you guys played with or against or watched any of the world's coverage and seen this deck in action? Yeah, watched no. a bit of it on worlds. Uh, I've seen it on ladder. Ha- haven't played it myself. It's it's kind of it, it, like I said, it's set up to beat a lot of decks. You can have the super fast draws when you have you know turn one sentinel into turn two magda and then turn three gold spend dragon all all that sort of stuff yeah like it's you can you can get (laughs) out really really quickly it's got chariot which we know is super powerful and then it can grind with rangers class and go over the top with four gold span dragons three moonvale regents so 
it's yeah, it's kind of doing everything, and then has the the two negates in the main, just as though that sort of game one answer to Epiphany with a couple of disdainful strokes in the sideboard. So can definitely do everything, and I think to be honest, the the mana is is actually pretty good. Like you've got four blue green pathways, four green red pathways, four blue red pathways. It's very easy to have the mana that you need. The only you've got. Goldspan Dragon that costs red red and Shadow Skull Smashing which costs red red which is also a red land and that's it like everything else is single pip sorry treasures and sentinel um yeah yeah you, you very rarely have have mana issues and the what I found with this deck was uh, a real appreciation for Moonvale Regent the amount of games where you know you you were whether you had a, a ranger class on the board or not just being able to like cast a spell and it's just like you know i'm top decking and it's like okay i drew an, you know another prosperous innkeeper i'll cast it it's the only card that i had in my hand now i get to draw another card and like moonvale regent's really good at um like ranger level three of ranger classes is just keeping that going keeping uh threats coming and combining that with you know things like chariot and you know den of the bugbear lair of the hydra you're very rarely run out of threats just like we talked about with the other green decks here so it doesn't have the the super consistency that the uh the the werewolf pack leader gives you but you're you're upping the threat from a three three werewolf to a four four dragon that also you know often kills something on its way out as well so uh that card is you know better than i thought it would be i thought it was a i need something else to do in that slot but it's actually a legitimately good card so I, I like it. So I like this deck a lot, yep. and I think Aragoth is going to go deep with it. All right. And the next deck is the Sweet Man, who's playing basically pretty much the same deck, or, or very similar to, but is uh, swapping the blue for black, which I think we saw a bit of at Worlds as well, maybe. Maybe one or two. This deck's yeah. cool. I like this deck. Yeah, so we've got, you know, the same, the Sentinel, Magda, Innkeeper, Goldspan Dragon, chariot that sort of thing all, all that package tre- the sort of the treasure package and then we're running Im- Immersturm predator which i always struggle to say <laughs> valky lolth and a couple of infernal gut grasps as well so no ranger class uh one of one of ranger class uh one of ranger yeah, class yeah, on yeah, one. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. and two Valky. what do you reckon of this one uh i think this deck's cool i don't know how good it is though what do you think Stu? I'm just trying to get my head around it all now um, look, I think it'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see some of the different reactions, get uh, an early Valky and that sort of thing. We're, we're obviously running a bit more, or well, actually running some removal in the sideboard and a single Meat Hook Massacre, which is always handy when your opponent's got an army of little wolves or something like that. But as far as how well it's positioned, I I don't know. I mean, again, you're running your gold spans and all those sort of things. And so, you know, you're going to get the beats down a bit. I, I, but how, how, again, how does it go against those turn space decks? Yeah, and that's look. It can, it can just be explosive and get a turn three goldspan dragon. Yes, and you know it can go, it can just curve out and just go. You know, turn two innkeeper, turn four chariot. Then then you or you play stormseeker and then give your chariot haste on turn four and and all of those good things that let you um, absolutely just. 
down the Epiphany decks before they get a chance to go off. Um, the the Predator is a really, really sticky threat as well and can yeah, be really true. hard That'll to deal with around. in creature matchups. So um, explosiveness and, you know, the, the ability to grind with, uh, you know, Lolth and um, the Predators and Manlands, um, I think it, it's okay against the Epiphany decks and having sticky threats, removal... And you know some good removal spells in the sideboard, particularly Ray of Enfeeblement. Um, is it Ariane, the X four human that the mono white deck plays? You know, a way to yeah. you know, kill that for one mana is great. Not that we've got any of those in the in the top eight, but this this just feels like like Jund, where it's just fifty fifty against absolutely everything, and <laughs> uh, you know, like it's it's not. You know, we've seen those uh, the other decks that we've seen where they're tuned to beat one end of the metagame rather than the other. This sits smack bang in the middle where it's got tools against everything, but doesn't have the density of those tools and and doesn't draw them in the right order and, and things. So, but like the sweet man has got a sweet deck, man. Um, so I I think it's uh, I, I'm going to enjoy excited. watching this. Yeah, I'm excited to see it in action. I think it'll be a lot of fun. You can also just get to seven mana and cast. Tibolt. Valky. Tibolt. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So take over the game that way. That's also a thing it can do, right? So it can go pretty big. It can be super explosive. It can cast Goldspan Dragon on turn three, right? But it can also, you know, play Tibolt and Lolf and and really grind out games as well. So uh, I, you know, it's smack bang in the in the middle of the spectrum of our of our metagamer here. I think so. Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. So next list is from Linden, uh, which is pretty stock standard. Is it uh, dragons? So yeah, running eggs and goldspan dragons in the main deck, and uh, the dragons fires to go with said dragons, and then yeah, expressive iterations, Strari disruptions, shatter skulls, some couple of divide by zeros, couple of sort of comings, four of memory deluge, and four of epiphany so a little bit of nothing. spice with the yeah. like one of prismari command negate and thundering oh you didn't see those well. hiding there yep yep, yep. Uh, so but good deck. nothing nothing out of the ordinary nothing nothing new really that uh, to see here we we know what this deck does it does it very well and uh yeah i was expecting to see at least another couple of copies of of this list yeah i'm genuinely surprised that there there isn't yeah, the two two divide by zeros means you have to use up some of your sideboard for that uh, that package, the the learn package. It looks like we've only got one, three, three. Yeah, so there's three, the teachings, mascot lessons. expedition, and the sciences. And environmental sciences. Heated yeah. debate's yep. not a lesson, is it? Don't think. Don't so. think so. Uh, I don't know. Hang on, let me let me just double check that. No, it is, it no, is not. It's not. No. Uh, it's just a way to kill. Um, it's a planeswalker removal. Yeah. Yep. yep. Comprehensive, yeah, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary here. Uh, I've played a lot of this version of the deck and it is very good, and then sometimes it's very not good <laughs> and you just die really quickly. You, you play your smoldering egg and they kill it, and then you just get your face bashed in before you <laughs> <laughs> are able to do anything. So, uh, yeah, interesting deck. Uh, so yeah, not, not too much to say about that one. So, we'll move on to the next one, which is uh, K pop fanboy, which is, I guess, the other version of uh, of the Epiphany deck. So, again, sticking with the is it, but this is more. I think this is more in line with uh, whose list was it from Worlds? Was it um, 
Strosky, did he run this this list? So it's the uh, yeah, you, you're running galvanic iterations, so you're copying your Alron's epiphanies and running the card that I d- was completely unexpected, unexpected windfall. Uh, well done. Yeah, su- super, super strong card, this one. I think a lot of people miss this until Worlds. Being an instant, four mana instant, just being able to hold up counter spells or, or removal or whatever, and then being able to go, okay, end of turn, I'm going to draw two cards and create two treasures. Just, That's pretty it good. It just gets you so far ahead. Uh, one of the things with this style of deck is it really, like in, in the mirrors, is so much of it comes down to mana advantage. If you're the person that's able to hit your land drops every single turn, then you're going almost always going to be the person that wins. And if you're in these sorts of matchups, if you if you're the person that's able to resolve your expressive iteration, or you're the person that's able to resolve your unexpected windfall, you're in a really really good spot. Yeah, absolutely. And I like the um the sweepers in here with the uh the battle of frost and fire as well is a is a really good thing to uh you know clean up the battlefield it it also sets you up for that combo turn you can also return it to your hand with uh divide by zero that's a pretty power move to you know sweep the board (laughs) let them rebuild and then you know return it (laughs) then get you know get a sciences or something get a lair drop and, and away yeah it's uh it's pretty nasty and uh, I, one of the things I like about Unexpected Windfall, Shorty, is because this deck plays things like Fading Hope and Thundering Rebuke, those are just dead against some matchups, right? Where you, they're, yeah. just, they're just blanks. And the ability to just loot them away for, you know, cards that are relevant uh, and, and get that mana advantage as well. So it's that filtering is uh, is great. So you can not only... Just get rid of a fading hope and turn it into an expressive iteration or a Aaron's Epiphany. But you, sometimes you can also, you know, get rid of those cards, discard an iteration because you can flash it back and go and find a removal spell. So that that versatility is enormous. Uh, so yep, yeah. And when you hit when you hit that point in the game where you can iteration and then copy your iteration and then cast an Aaron's Epiphany. It's just game over. <laughs> you got yeah. so many birds and so many extra turns that uh, yeah, that that's the end. Your your opponent's never going to get a chance to untap and uh, just move on to the next game. So yeah, Cyclone Summoner in the sideboard is pretty cool as well. As a- yeah, and uh, and Leah, which is the uh, the one that lets you uh, cast cards out of your graveyard. So I guess yeah, bringing I, that I in like for that. the uh, the gr- long grindy matchups, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's a just a good. Uh, a good threat to have against, you know, the mirror as well. So, yep. you know, something that's pretty unexpected, um, you know, with Goldspan Dragon as well as a, as a way to, uh, you know, diversify your threats with the smoldering eggs. You can transform a little bit into the, the previous list. And yeah, the additional um, copy of Divide by Zero, they've gone a little bit deeper on the, uh, on the lessons as well? No, actually, not too much, actually. So, teachings, environmental sciences, same package, same three. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. One, I, one Goldsman Dragon in the sideboard. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you could bring in, you know, your smoldering eggs, your leers, and your Goldsman Dragons against, yeah, when, you know, against the control decks with maybe a the Behold the Multiverse as well uh, for extra card draw, and you can take out things like your Fading Hopes and Demon Bops and things like that. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's great. All right. Speaking of uh, of the control matchups, the next deck is Grixis. So this is Masonitas, and uh, yeah, we've got we've got 
Lears, Smoldering Eggs, Sedgemore Witches. Uh, is this the Grixis list that we saw at Worlds, or is this just a spicy yeah, brew? Yeah, this from- is just a spells deck. The, the, the Worlds list was an Epiphany deck. Yeah, so, I thought so. Yeah, so this is just a this is the Lear deck, and I this is spicy, man. I'm really looking forward yeah. to, to seeing four, this. Four main deck duress. Duress, yeah, yep. It's yep. uh <laughs> ev- every single deck's got targets, right? Like even the, the creature decks, you know, they've got ranger classes, they've got uh planeswalkers and catmobiles and you know, all the rest of it. So it's uh it's pretty good. I I think this deck's really interesting and it could it could just be the best deck here. Like for the metagame. I, I don't know. It could be terrible or it could be the best deck. I, but I don't think it could possibly be anything in between. <laughs> so, yeah, like I'm, so, I'm really so not So it's sure. definitely not Jund. It's definitely not Jund. No, that's right. So it's because it's Grixis. But, exactly. Uh, but like Smoldering Egg um, and Sedgemore Witch are really good against the aggro decks, both in, you know, being an 04 or making, you know, one ones that gain your life when they, they block. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, the, the value that is Leah and zero graveyard hate in any deck or, or sideboard that I could really see. So yeah, having three copies of Leah to let you get a, um, you know, close out the game really. And yeah, Sedgemore Witch and the, uh, the Smoldering Egg, not only are they great against aggro, they're great against control. They're just really versatile and then just, Basically, all the best spells in your colors. It's expressive iteration, divide by zero with, you know, a whole bunch of, uh, lessons in the board. The only thing it's kind of lacking in the main deck, I think, is probably a sweeper. Uh, you may have the, you know, if you get behind, catching up may be hard. Yeah. And yeah, just only sort of syndiclasm in the sideboard. So wants to trade one for one with things, which against the green decks may be an issue. Like there's a chance that they can just outvalue you, but Leah kind of lets you catch up pretty well on that. So yeah, really interesting deck. I'm really looking forward to seeing this one in action. Yeah, should be cool. All right. So yeah, this uh, this event is on this weekend. So we've got our finals stream kicking off at 10 a.m. Melbourne time. That's A-E-D-T. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. So, uh, yeah, make sure you tune in from 10 a.m. We'll be covering all the action from the top eight double elimination bracket and we'll be figuring out who the last person is to get the invite to the Invitational, which is on in three weeks, 27th of November. So we're uh, we're not far away from that. And I've got to say, I was working out the prizes this week, you know, talking to, talking to Pat and uh, seeing who, uh, who else had donated things and whatever, sorting out prizes and... Last year, the Envy was like a bit over 1500 bucks in cash and prizes, which is wow. pretty sweet. Uh, this year, we're up over two and a half grand, probably closer oh to gosh. three grand. So, wow. uh, that's pretty epic. <laughs> that's, uh, that's amazing. And, you know, Josh and Pat's like, wow, that support is incredible. But also, yeah. you know, people that have donated some stuff. And, you know, if you subscribe to us on Twitch, that the money goes straight back into into those prizes for our leagues and, and other events. So, uh, you know, we're not, you know, driving fancy new cars or anything. 
because of all of the, the things we're doing here. Uh, but it's got nothing to do with this. No, not at all. Uh, you know, we, we pump absolutely every dollar back into this. And, uh, you know, and this is just shows the growth. And, you know, we've seen our leagues sort of do really, really well this, this year and a lot of new faces. And uh, it's amazing to see. And, yeah, like next year's going to be bigger and better. So, uh, but yeah, Envy in a few weeks, it's going to be massive. It's going to be a big stream. And uh, we will be hopefully doing it on site together as a group. Yeah, right? that's, that's, that'll be the plan. We could, we could technically do that this weekend, but uh, timing-wise, it didn't work out very good. So we're actually still doing it remotely. But yeah, it should, should still be good. We're all set up for that anyway. So we'll be fine. And uh, yeah, I've still got the remainder of a box of collector's boosters to give out on stream as well. So not only are these people playing for uh, for some good prizes in this league and then that invite into the Invitational, there's also a bunch of giveaways for all you awesome people out there that are going to come and watch us. So make sure you come in and join us for that 10 o'clock this Saturday, the, uh, the 6th of November. All right, awesome. uh, one thing quickly to mention before we sort of move on to the next topic, there was this weekend the first sort of major paper tournament uh, that was held. We had the SCG Con, and, uh, yeah, this is sort of the first big in-person paper event that we're seeing really for the last, like, 18 months or nearly two years. So, uh, yeah, it was it was really cool to see on, on Twitter, you know, people posting their photos and all that sort of stuff. And uh, got taken down by Corey Baumeister, so very well-known player, and uh, yeah, just going to show that good players are going to perform really well even when they haven't played for ages. So uh, yeah, congrats to him. But yeah, the uh, there was a bunch of like side events and, and little events and things like that going on. But while they were doing that, there was the SCG Invitational, uh, which I think was the continuation from like a year and a half ago. I think they, I think I think they kept everyone's points and and that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, it was a split format. We had uh, some modern and some standard with the top eight being standard as well. So the metagame looks very different to our top eight. We've got a whole bunch of, well, the, the entire top eight is all blue-red decks with, uh, well, actually, no, sorry, I, I do lie. It's it's They're all blue decks. All blue decks, yes. There's one Grixis and there's two Demir and the rest is Izzet Epiphany. So very different top eight to uh, what we're seeing in ours uh, i'd also, much rather be doing the coverage on ours than this yes <laughs> definitely. yeah uh, Br- Br- brad nelson being Corey baumeister's brother also with the top eight as well so <laughs> certainly uh Corey got the bragging rights there though for that day so yeah yep uh but yeah I, I yeah i agree i think uh coverage on our, on our event will be uh much better <laughs> Much better for us as, as commentators. So well, you could you yeah, could stop in, that sentence halfway through, Shorty. The coverage on our events is just better than everyone yeah, else. I mean, that's true. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it'll be <laughs> interesting to see. Like we've got the Channel Fireball Vegas coming up, and we're going to start seeing more in-person events, and that's when we really start to see an actual meta game develop, and that, and that's where we'll see. You know, is it all like? just epiphany decks everywhere and and wizards needs to do something about it but we'll have to see is it all epiphany i see what yeah you i did, did i did i did notice that as yeah, i was halfway yeah. through saying it yeah. uh so yeah there was also modern being played and uh the decks that the top eight players had in modern we had a grixis death shadow and all of uh hammer two azorius controls jund midrange jeskai midrange and uh a grixis midrange as well 
I guess the big thing I want to point out just from those lists is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of those top eight lists are decks running companions, which, mm, uh, yes. I mean, we haven't spoken a ton about modern for a while and, and hopefully we'll get back into that soon, but clearly companions are just the thing to be doing in in modern these days. You know, Lurus is a powerful thing, right? Yeah, yeah, like any small deck, which... Like, most decks in modern are wanting to keep their average mana value down as low as they possibly can. You're just going to run Lurus because it works really well. And then you have Azorius control decks playing Kahira just because it's it's just free. Because, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. And maybe that'll be something that we touch on at a, uh, at a future point when we start being able to play modern again. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. All right. We're already going long, so we need to keep cracking. Let's have a chat about the Crimson Vow mechanics. So Crimson Vow, the next Innistrad set, we've got this weird five sets this year, and, and this is sort of the split set, is coming out in just a few weeks' time. I think like two weeks' time. So we're sort of in the middle of preview season. And yeah, we're going to run you through the new mechanics and the returning mechanics we've got in this set. So Stu, you're doing the honours tonight. Do you want to take us through that? Oh, man, these are some uh, big boots to step into, but <laughs> I'm going to do my best. I mean, he's, he's so a Crimson very tall Vow, person with big feet. Well, people always get Shorty and I confused, and it's time for people to get you and Cracker confused, all right? I haven't even got a beard at the moment. I'm completely clean-shaven. <laughs> I'm going to look so weird on the uh, stream on Saturday. It's like Stu's <laughs> younger brother's here. Well, actually, it should have grown back by Saturday, so don't worry oh, about okay, it. Okay, you're good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Crimson Vow is bringing some new mechanics and some old favorites, maybe? I don't know. But we've got a few, few new ones here. And the first one is training, uh, which is whenever a creature with training attacks alongside a creature of greater power, put a plus one, plus one counter on the creature with training. That's like the opposite of mentor, right? Does that Hang on, yeah. opposite? How, how or is mentor it the same as mentor? So mentor would, the, the mentor <laughs> creature would put a counter on something with lesser power. Lesser whereas power, the training, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So yep. if you have a creature with training and a creature with mentor, you could get two plus one counters? Mm. There we go. Yeah, so I guess you, they would both, they would both yep. trigger. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah that would, yep, that would make go. sense. Anyway. And, and that's yeah. the only way to do it because if you had two creatures with training, Powers, uh, I was re- what was I reading that? Having more trainers doesn't cause training to trigger additional times. Wait, so that's what does that mean? More trainers, so not the ones with training, the other one. This mechanic. Yeah. So weird. if you've got, so if you've got this, so the creature that's the example there is a two and a green for a one four with reach. Yeah. And it's got training. It's it's its ability is training. So the the trainer is the creature with. Without greater training. power than this creature. So if you had this creature, which is a 1-4, and then you had a 2-2 two, two, and a 3-3 three, three, and a 4-4, four, four, and they all attacked at the same time, there would only be one trigger. Yeah, got and, it. And so this, this creature would get one plus one plus one counter. But if you had, you know, two or three of this creature, they would all trigger for the other creatures that are attacking. So, yeah, it makes sort of makes sense. sense. Like it's it's a, a low-powered creature that is attacking with a higher-powered creature, so it's learning some skills off of it. So, you know, good thematic uh, mechanic that works as uh, as you would expect it to work. Pretty pretty simple. Yeah. Yep. All right. Speaking of one that's not <laughs> that's simple. I All mean, right. it is, but it's, it's it looks confusing. That's the thing, right? So this next one, you probably all know what we're talking about here, is Cleave. And Cleave, so Cleave shows up on only instant and sorcery cards, and it's an alternative cost. 
When casting a card with Cleave, you can cast it for its mana cost as normal if you do. The spell's effect is processed as normal. Every single word of its rules text is followed just like you'd expect. So if you decide that you're going to pay the Cleave cost, in the text we have brackets with words inside them. If you pay the Cleave cost, strike through those words with the brackets in them. They will no longer apply. So in the example here, we have dig up, which is one green. And it is search your library for a, in brackets, basic land card, in brackets, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. But for its cleave cost of one, two black and a green, you can search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle. So it goes from like a, like a tune to the ether to a diabolic tutor, right? So this is kind of like a new kicker. Mechanically, I think, like, rules-wise and interaction-wise, it's probably cleaner and easier than Kicker. But on a card templating perspective, it's more complicated. So, yeah, there's, it's, it's, it's winning <laughs> it's, in one area and jarring. losing in the, yeah, It's yeah. really jarring. Well, we've never seen close yeah, brackets on, on things before. So it's, yeah, so these are the, these are the square square brackets, and, and it just looks weird. It's like, did you forget to take that part off the card before you printed it or what? It's uh, yeah. It's exactly like you said, Chewie. It's it's ki- it's kicker, effectively kicker. It's also effectively the same as just a split card <laughs> or a you know like a creature with an adventure side or something like that. It's just two spells on the one card with two different mana costs. Yeah, it's, it's that do, versatility. That, that, that do right? two different things. They've just tried to get like super fancy by having it all in the one sentence and then just taking parts out of it. Well, well actually you're right. So this this example that they've got on the you know on the wizard's website of dig up is isn't that just like traversing Ulvenwald? But yeah, pretty much. for a more, more expensive cost. So you can go and get a land if you if you need it in the early turns. But then, you know, cards like this, you know, are terrible outside you know, flower flourish, you know, you very rarely cast the land side of it in the yeah. in the later game. You you would, you know, the, the split card side of it. And then Traverse the Overworld, you would go and go and get another Death Shadow or whatever you were doing with it once you had Delirium. Where this is just the, you know, whatever the new thematic version of this is. Art's kind of cool. I like it. You know, vampires to get stuff up, you know, look, look, will look good in foil. But yeah, it's, it's kind of nothing new. It's just a, a new twist. Yeah. It's just different, different templating. Kind of, yeah. 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 And I, I don't hate it. It just, it's going to take a little bit of getting used to the square yeah. brackets. That's all. Just yeah. looks odd. Yeah, it's a mi- it's a minor issue, but it's front and center on the card. And as, as Shorty said, it's really jarring. Yeah, yeah. It's no no different to casting a modal double face card. Like you yeah. you go to cast the spell and you say, "I'm casting this side," or "I'm casting the side where we ignore the the text that's in those brackets." So yeah, and yeah, I guess it, it is it is nothing f- new. It's just different. Yeah, and we're probably feeling the same way as when people saw like. Fire ice or assault battery for the first time. Yeah, yeah, the split cards. Yeah, they'd <laughs> the be like What's sideways going on? cards, and you're like, and you're drafting, you gotta- and you see somebody's head turn to the side as they're going Kaladesh with the uh, aftermath cards. It's like yeah, the top exactly half right. was vertical, and then the bottom half was, and you had to, yeah, you, it's like, why are you turning your head slightly <laughs> sideways? You've got that split card in your head. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, the joys of in-person drafting. But yeah, I, I, yeah. this is this is fine. Uh, you know, this is a fine mechanic i think this, we're going to see some good cards and i like the versatility if you play best of one versatility in your cards is good 
Um, and then if you are playing those sort of mid-rangey decks, uh, then, you know, again, versatility. Like, it's versatility is good. The end. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, right. yeah. Full stop. Full stop. Yep. All right. What's the next thing, Stu? So the next thing isn't necessarily <laughs> said, a- What's the next thing, Cracker? <laughs> Oi, hey. <laughs> um, good joke, right, Chewie. Good joke. So yeah, the next thing thanks. isn't necessarily a mechanic, but uh, we're getting blood tokens, which are a new predefined token, and they are colourless artifact tokens with uh, pay one and tap, discard a card, sacrifice this artifact, and draw a card. Okay. We all like drawing cards, don't we? Yeah, so this is like rummage, right, where it's discard, then draw, so it's not quite looting. Yeah, and it also so costs one it, mana. Yeah, it costs a mana to, to do that. Like clues, straight draw a card, but it costs you two. These are... Okay, I, I this is this feels like the limited mechanic where you can loot away extra lands or rummage away extra lands. Yeah, yeah although there there is a fair bit in this set that triggers off of when you sacrifice blood tokens. So it's a bunch of vampires. Like as the example card that is here is a, is a vampire, and when it enters the battlefield, you create a blood token. Then it's got when whenever you sacrifice a blood token, you gain one life. And and I've seen other cards that also trigger similarly when you sack a blood token, it does certain things so it's not just the ability on the blood token it's it's kind of similar to what we saw with foods i don't think we have it as much with treasure but food we had a lot where you know you could use the food token as the food but then uh you know you could sack it and gain pay two sack it gain three life but there was other also other creatures you know like uh, gilded goose that let you use the food to turn it into mana. Um, you know, you the, could turn the, the food into a three three elk, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there was the, <laughs> the wolf that you could sack sack a food to make it indestructible, that sort of thing. So I'm I'm tipping we're gonna see a fair bit of other uses for the blood tokens that's not just the you know, the 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 text that's written on the blood token is sort of the fail case of okay, if you've got nothing else to do, then you can pay one, discard a card, sack it and draw a card but there's probably going to be other things to, to do with it. So, yeah, it'd be interesting there. to see what they do. And, yeah, and I think that this is definitely going to be a draft archetype, and if it makes its way into Constructed, cool. Um, you know, if there's some sort of vampire tribal um, deck that uh, is going to take advantage of these and could maybe something to have, you know, take advantage of having a multiples of these in play or, or use multiples of them outside of just discarding um, and, and drawing a fresh card, then... I think that'd be a cool thing to add into standard. I, I like it. What's the vampire equivalent of putting a cat in an oven? Because that's uh, we all thought the food was just a limited mechanic as well, and then uh, turned out it spawned whole archetypes. Yeah, maybe and we were for, yeah, forever you, putting cats in ovens. You'd hope that they'd learn from those mistakes, but we'll see. <laughs> see how we go. <laughs> all right, Stu. What else have we got? All right. So following on from this, we obviously I think. Everyone would have expected that uh, Daybound and Nightbound will be returning, so we probably won't cover anything further on that. Nah, nothing to talk about there. And Disturb is back as well after Midnight Hunt, which I quite like being able to cast creatures from graveyards and returning them to the battlefield in some form or another. These are different, though, this time, right? They come back as enchantments. They come back as enchantments, that's correct. So this uh, example we have is uh, Drog Skull Infantry. He's just a 2-2 spirit soldier for... One and a white. With Disturb, three and a white. You may cast this card from your graveyard, transformed, and it transforms into an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two. And if if uh, Drogskull Armament, sorry, that's what the card's called on this side, the back half. 
would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. So yeah, yep. they're good. I just I like uh, being able to get that bit of value. Oh, you killed yeah, my thing. I bring it back. Yep. Yeah, it's and, the, it's a two for one. It's great. Yeah. So that's our disturb, and I think the last mechanic we have is another one that has returned from. We looked this up. Where was that? Uh, dragons. Dragons. Dragons of Tarkia. Yeah, and that's so his exploit for a while. Yep. Which is uh, exploit. The, the ability is when this creature enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature. So there's a whole heap of uh, creatures that are coming in this that do exactly that. I so like I'm, that they can um, uh, they can make use of the zombie tokens that we, we get lying around because we, we do, do have, um, you know, all of those from the previous yeah, the set. Deca- decayed zombies. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. you just have ran- random creature tokens hanging around, and yeah, like the again, again, this is like modal cards. You can cast this creature, and it's just the creature. You don't have to sacrifice a creature. Uh, it's a it's a you may, but if you've got that spare token or whatever lying around, then yeah, sacrifice it and get some sort of ability. So and obviously, obviously, there's always going to be some sort of yeah sacrificing synergies and creature dying synergies. So yeah, I think I, it's cool. I saw one yep. that was a it was like a two mana three three that when you exploited it destroyed a planeswalker like it's pretty sweet oh like yeah a, yeah, yeah right. black and one for a three three like that's just a good magic card but then you also have the option of you know blowing up a planeswalker like take that run and six uh, so I guess whilst we're talking about these magic cards from this upcoming set do we have any favorites that we've seen at the moment of spoilers that would you know that you yeah, want to talk about? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got some that are maybe flying I've deliberately chosen a couple that may be flying under the radar. They're not the big splashy mythics or rares or big synergy cards. And I've got one from limited and one from uh one from constructed. So I might start with my constructed one first because we've you know been talking about a lot of constructed deck lists tonight. Yeah. Um, so I'll go first and then you can go and then yeah, you know absolutely. we can alternate and then maybe we'll let Shorty get a word in uh, every now and then, but no, forget uh, him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, so the green decks that we've seen, a whole bunch of them are playing Tangled Florahedron, and you know it's a it's a thing that can ramp you, but it's also a land. And you know the those sort of mid range aggressive decks have been uh, going to that. But I think we've got an upgrade here in Reclusive Taxidermist, which is uh, one and a green for a one two human druid, and it has add one mana of any color. So it's already got an extra, for the same mana cost, it's got an extra point of toughness. It's got a better creature type and it taps for any color, but it also has uh, reclusive taxidermist gets plus three, plus two, uh, as long as there are four or more creature cards in your graveyard. So this is like oh, a... a, a sh- I love a, that. Yeah, so it, it ramps you early or it's a two mana four, four. So it's a... You probably don't remember Werebear. I've seen the card. Yep. So two two mana one one. When you have threshold, when you have seven cards in your in your graveyard, becomes a four four. So yeah, a ramp spell early, but then also just becomes a like a real threat yeah. in the the sort of the mid to late game. And you know, it does everything ta- Tangled Florahedron does except come into play as a tap land. But the upside of just becoming a you know a four four, uh, I like it. I, I think this card's great. And it's a, it's something that I think is going to further boost. You know, not the green needed any help, but you know, it lets you it lets you chariot on turn three. But it also, if you draw it in the late game, it's just like it's, instead of being a one one like Florahedron is, it's a four four. It's much more which relevant. is 
goes back to what I was saying earlier and what we've sort of all agreed upon is that mono green or the green decks just don't run out. They're, exactly. They're, they're longevity. And, they're, and this just adds to that even further. I think that's an instant in. Yeah, I, I think so. And we saw in, uh, I think it was uh, Harlequin's list uh, for for Saturday, they are playing the uh, the snow, what's it called? The Yeah, the, the untapped. The Snowland, I've forgotten its yeah, name Sculptor already. Yeah, Sculptor of Winter. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I think it could replace Sculptor of Winter. Um, like Sculptor does have synergy with you know when Old Growth Troll becomes a a um, yeah when it becomes a, a land becomes a land and there Double are those yeah and it's also those corner cases where you can untap face to save it and block with it after you've attacked. Although it's got vigilance, so yeah, that's vigilance. irrelevant. Yeah, <laughs> so I think it's just better. Uh, so I, I think it's just a straight upgrade for for that. Um, for that archetype or the... Yeah, yeah I agree. So, yeah. So, yeah, Reclusive Taxidermist, I, I think, is an auto win in the green-based aggressive decks. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, what about you, Stu? What have you got? So, I did kind of go for one that uh, is, is pretty obvious and pretty strong, but it it's close to my heart because it's a big green creature, right? Uh, I like which it. is the Alvenwald Oddity, which is two and two, two green for a creature beast with trample and haste. It's a 4-4, four, four. so it kind of fits that, you know, questing beast from previous without the death touch, but the added trample. But it also has uh, 5 and 2 green to transfer Olvenwald Oddity. And on the other side, it becomes Olvenwald Behemoth, which is a beast horror, and it becomes an 8-8 eight, eight with trample and haste, and other creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1, and have trample and haste. So again, with this particular card, you know, Turn three, turn four, you can get it down pretty early. But then, you know, if it manages to stay alive for a time, you've got something to do with your mana at the end and make it even bigger and scarier. So you can go turn two, reclusive taxidermist, turn three, this guy, the uh, the oddity. And then, you know, if the game drags on, you can just turn into an 8-8. Eight, eight. That's, that's insane. Yeah. yeah but so it makes your other dudes have trample and haste. Yeah. And, yep. and plus one, plus one. The, like the big thing with these sorts of creatures is that's an instant speed uh, ability. So yeah. you, you can just always, you, you're always threatening to do that ability. You know, you, you get into game situations where it's like, okay, I'm going to attack with my dudes. And your opponent kind of has to go, okay, uh, do I block? Like, well, what do I do? You know, do I have, do I try and kill it now? All that sort of thing. You, you can put your opponent in these tricky situations where you don't necessarily have to actually pay its cost <laughs> and activate it. Like, you, you might just want to threaten it and then commit something else to the board. So, yeah, pretty cool. And definitely, like, giving giving all your other big green creatures trample and haste is uh, and plus one, plus one is pretty good. Absolutely. And that's, you know, a significant mana investment, but just four mana, four, four, trample, haste is just a good magic card. So, yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. Uh, so I'm just yeah. trying to think of how it actually fits into mono green at the moment, what kind of cuts would need to be made to... To fit it in, and whether you play a play set or just a couple, or we're actually talking about this on the Discord, and yeah, I, I think like a, a one or two in the in the main deck, and another copy in the sideboard. I don't know if you want four of them. Yeah, and with the current metagame, obviously things will shake up a little bit with the uh, with the release of the new set. But uh, if if we just added this into standard as it is right now, uh, I don't think you. It's not replacing. Um, a Sigus Chariot, right? So no, that's right, absolutely not. And look, but it's it, running alongside it. Yeah, absolutely. And 
uh, gives you six chair and pool. Yeah. The, <laughs> so the, um, it's interesting. It's a, it's, you know, it's a four, four. It's a green creature. We mentioned that green's really good. Like in our top eight, like we've got 13 sideboard burning hands. So, you know, people know, know that there's going to be some green creatures turned sideways at them. So. Yeah, we'll just to see how much further the metagame can adapt to that. So that's yeah, just point of interest. Sorry. What about you, Shorty? What's your uh, what's your preview card here? Uh, well, I thought I'd talk about the card that everyone was so excited that uh, got previewed. I think it was Crokies who uh, who previewed this one as actually uh, Alchemist's Gambit. So one red red, and it has take an extra turn after this one. Everyone loves that sentence. During that turn, damage can't be prevented. And then it's got in brackets, at the beginning of that turn's end step, you lose the game. And then Exile Al- Alchemist's Gambit. So I think it was uh, Saffron Olive actually on MTG Goldfish last week was talking about, like they were talking a bit about extra turn spells and saying, you know, oh, what should Wizards do? And, and they were talking about how they like the red versions that always have these downsides of losing the game. But the problem is that the, the card is either going to be garbage and it's never going to see play or people are going to find a way to get around that downside of losing the game and then it's going to be really good so this one has the, a cleave cost of four blue blue red so seven mana so for seven mana so we've got an extra turn spell. <laughs> we've already got an extra turn spell it's there that gets played a lot That's at the moment seven mana and yeah. uh yeah and now we've got this one that is will, will just be seven mana take an extra turn after this one during that turn damage can't be prevented and exile it that's it. Get rid of the at the beginning of that turn's end step, you lose the game. So, yeah, going to be powerful. Eight Alrons Epiphanies effectively, right? Yeah, so effectively. Chris. Yep. Uh, you know, we saw, I don't think we've got it on our list, but there's a four mana creature that uh, you can play. It's got Flash. Fla- uh, four, I think it's like a four four Flash Flying, something like that, but it's got Exploit. And when you exploit a creature, you can counter a activated or triggered ability something along those lines so you know you can play this and then in your extra turn when that trigger comes up you can counter it and uh and not lose the game and yeah things along those lines so just (laughs) it's like you could have just left this spell at one red red and just have all the text on there at the beginning of your turn's end step you know lose the game and it probably would still see play (laughs) Yeah, but I was adding gonna in, the, adding in the option to play it for seven and not have that. It's like, oh goodness me! Yeah, yeah. Why? And given that it, you have, clearly haven't learned your lesson from uh, yeah. the current current cards, but I, if you remove the cleave and the like weird looking square brackets from this, do you, you you've played a lot of red spells over the journey, Shorty? Is this something that you you know maybe play on a sideboard or um, something of a Oh, talk about sideboards to you. So, if, if, uh, if <laughs> no, you were, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Could you could you see? This no, being you would played? not play this in a red deck. No, like we've seen three mana red take extra turns. You lose the game cards before, and yeah, like they only like I said, they only get played if there's a way to break it and not have that uh, trigger and not not lose the game, and and that never goes in small mono red aggressive decks you, you just don't you'd just rather don't have do it. a it's three just... <laughs> mana threat yeah 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 exactly yeah so it's it's definitely not that it, like this is a card for the is it epiphany deck that we've yeah. already it's, got it's and, a seven yeah. mana card not a three mana card yeah 
That's yeah, fair. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the the there will be t- times where, you know, you've cast an, an epiphany or two, you've already got a couple of extra turns, and it's like, oh, well, I'll just take an extra turn and I'm going to have more than enough birds to just finish you off. Like I, for, I could particularly see this being played more in the Dragons version than the, the combo version. Um, yeah, yep. Just because, you you know, it's extra beatdowns with your flipped egg and Goldspan Dragon, uh, that is just going to close the game out. And, and that's what you want. Yep. But, yeah, it's a bit tricky to play that with the uh, combo version, I think. But, you know, yep. they, they do that as it is. See how it goes. Right, but, yeah, disappointed. Disappointed. What's your next one? Uh, my next one is more uh, of a limited card. Uh, and just because I'm excited about playing blue-red spells as a, a limited archetype. And there's Wandering Mind, which is uh, one blue and a red for a 2-1 horror it has flying and when wandering mind enters the battlefield look at the top six cards of your library reveal a non-creature non-land card from amongst them and put them into your hand put the rest on the bottom in any order uh so i i just like this as a well you know one of those classic signpost uncommons uh, and it just looks like you know blue red spells is going to be supported yep. in in the limited build format. around me yeah i'm all i'm mm. all about it so i i like it so uh and you know it's kind of cool art in a way that's weird but yeah it uh, reminds me of the tyranid spore mines there you go <laughs> yeah. i'm done yes, wandering yeah. mind i'll i'll pick this in limited i'm excited to draft this set yep what have Stuart, you got there you got another one yeah my last one for tonight is arch school of thraben so this is more of a i don't know i don't think it's been as widely sort of talked about as some of the others but it's uh it costs two and a black it's a zombie cleric at a 3-2, whenever Archgul of Thraban or another zombie you control dies, look at the top card of your library. If it's a zombie card, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. If you don't put the card, if you don't put the card into your hand, you may put it into your graveyard. It's a little bit confusing trying to read that. But um, I really want blue-black zombies or something with zombies to happen in standard. And I feel like this set is bringing a lot of support for that. Coupled with the zombie stuff from Midnight Hunt, which there was a lot of the decayed zombies, the thing I like about this card is it's just whenever this arch school or another zombie you control dies, you get to look at the top card of your library. Yeah, it doesn't say non-token, right? So Because a lot of the other zombie cards in this set that refer to when a zombie dies, it's always a non-token. So I don't know. I, I hope we see this thing do something in standard or, you know, the zombie archetype come out to play. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yep. Sh- shorty. We'll see, see what happens. All right. Uh, last card. So Circle of Confinement. This is one and a white for an enchantment. When it enters a battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls with mana value three or less until Circle of Confinement leaves the battlefield. And then it's got whenever an opponent casts a vampire spell with the same name as a card exiled with Circle of Confinement, you gain two life. So the, the second half pretty rare that's going to come up unless there's like a you know a really strong vampire deck getting around and, and we're seeing that heaps but two mana exile a creature with mana value three or less we've seen variants of this a bunch of times before uh usually like we saw i can't remember what it is but it's one where when the, the enchantment leaves the battlefield yeah baffling that might be the one where they get a three three and then there's a silk wrap and then there was the yeah what was yep. the tapped creature one and then we've got Portable hole currently, right? Yep, yep. So there's a bunch, bunch of variants on this. Uh, this one 
has very little downside. I mean, if if it leaves the battlefield, they get the creature back, but uh, having removal for things like Ren and Seven Tree Folk tokens is pretty handy and uh, and not letting them get it back. So just good to know that uh, a card like this is in the format. Yeah, it's a good removal spell for control decks for sure. Yep. All right, so we'll leave it there for tonight. There's uh, There's going to be a bunch more previews over the next week or so, and then I think the set comes out... I don't think it's the end of next week. It might be the end of the following week on, on Arena. Uh, oh, no, actually, maybe it is next week. I think it might be, it's actually. Coming up fast, around the 12th, 12th, 13th, something like that. So probably should have put that in the show notes. Completely forgot. Anyway, it's coming up soon. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get a big shake-up to standard. And then our Envy players will be playing brand-new standard. So that'll be pretty cool as well. But, yeah, this set looks pretty cool. There's a lot of really sweet cards. We'll talk about some more next week. And, uh, yeah, let us know in our Discord or uh, post in the comments or something like that uh, the cards that you're excited to see coming into here. Uh, I've seen quite a few people getting excited about a few cards for Commander, as seems to be the case for uh, pretty much every set these days. But, yeah, should be should be cool. And hopefully we will see enough of a shake-up in Standard that uh, Epiphany is not everywhere. But I think that's unlikely with the, with the Alchemist Gambit. <laughs> Just, just fueling that deck. So we will see what happens. And if you do want, if you do want to get some of these cards, check out jpmtgbazaar.com.au. As soon as they're on the market, Pat will have them posted, so you'll be able to uh, get your hands on the uh, on the singles that you're after for your constructed decks, which would be awesome. Yep, absolutely. All right, so yeah, don't forget, come and join us this Saturday, 10 a.m. Melbourne time. Come watch the stream, get in on the giveaways, all that sort of thing, and check out the uh, all the action from the top eight. Come and join us in our Discord if you want to chat about any other stuff, and that way you'll also be notified about the tournament series for next year, what our plans are for all of that. Uh, Chewy's already, already mentioned our sponsors. But we also have a merch store. You can buy some Magic Beans gear, hoodies, t-shirts, all that sort of thing. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, all of those places. Just search for Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast, and you'll find us on there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Stu? At M Stewy. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. <laughs>